Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. I want to... um dive in a little bit, and you know, I've been talking over the last two weeks about church history, Christian history, from the death of Jesus to the resurrection of Jesus to the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then through the centuries to today, and just, I was just hitting kind of highlights because there's so much that's happened in the last 2,000 years, Uh, and so I'm not going to necessarily talk about a third part of that, but uh, some elements of the body of Christ in the midst of these last 2,000 years and where we are today as well, uh, that I would say is, is pretty important. You know, there's, as we have been talking about it, I've been talking about the body of Christ has been a, a mixture in, in many ways that we are not supposed to be. Uh, and through these 2,000 years, of course, there's some really good things and then some really bad things, some really hard things. You see, you know, just highlights of people living uh, devoted to the Lord in the midst of persecution. You also see them um, getting mixed in with the world in ways that were not appropriate. You see them then in turn hurting other people, uh, harming, killing, all of those, just a mess. And then um, coming out of that, reigniting in their heart a love for the word, for the scriptures, living by the scriptures, living, getting reconnected with the Lord. It's a little bit of a same picture as you read the Old Testament. You know, you find Israel doing the same thing. They're, they're doing great, and then they're, they take a nosedive, and then they come back, and it's just this roller coaster. And you see that throughout the church. You see that maybe through our lives in some ways, that there are these moments that we're not doing as well as other times. We're not giving God all, and maybe he's not on the throne in every way. And then uh, times that he really is. And we want to certainly live in such a way where he is on the throne in the highest place at all times, all of our days, right? We want to give him not only glory, but we want to live in him, for him, where he moves through us, where we fulfill what we're here to do. And, and I'd say one of the common commonalities, common things throughout time that is so essential and necessary to live well and to honor the Lord and to not get off track is the age-old question that is for every single generation. That is, who am I? Who am I? If we don't have that answered very clearly, then there, it, it creates a vacuum and all these other things will try and fill that. And that's what oftentimes gets people off track. It's what oftentimes gets um, denominations off track gets the body of Christ off track, if we are not squarely fixed on who we really are. If that question lingers, that's a question, honestly, that unbelievers have and they should have. But it's a question that should be fully answered for you and I at all times. But I'd like to say, unfortunately, in my own life, that hasn't always been answered. And I have, at times, in my Christian walk, in my roller coaster of some some way and fashion, was looking for approval, looking for something that I could cling to that was that would make me feel better about who I am, all those type of things. And the Lord helped me get back to him 
in that. So I want to talk a little bit about that for us so that we stay centered in him throughout our lives. We stay centered in him today. And there are three things that I would say that we all need, every person on the planet, believers, unbelievers. We need to know who we are, and then we need to know what we're here for, and then we also need to then take action, which is part of our, our motto here, to know God and then to take action. We need to be able to take action and live out who we are and what we're here for. So those, those three elements are, are so essential and important. And I think a lot, the, the second part of that, knowing what our purpose is, why I'm here, tends to unfold over time for us. A lot of times you don't know that the moment you meet Jesus, you don't know exactly, oh yeah, this is exactly why I'm here, and this is exactly what I'm supposed to do, and I'm supposed to go here, and I'm supposed to do that. That would be rare. For most of us, it is an unfolding, progressive revelation of our purpose here. As we follow him, as we're led by him, as we navigate with him, and honestly, as we serve other people, I found this, one of the keys to finding your purpose is serving other people. And as you serve other people with the gifts that you have, part of your purpose starts to emerge and come, become more clear. Um, and so it's not just doing what I want to do. Again, it's like being baptized. We're saying, I am choosing to follow you. And as I do that, as I love you and as I love other people and serve, all of a sudden I, I begin to recognize part of what my calling is, part of what my purpose for being on this planet is. And then, of course, that action then follows. So Jesus, when he came, of course, we know the story. We know the, uh, the amazing everything about what Jesus did coming from heaven for us. But one of the things that I think is always important to recognize and remember is that he was, yes, fully God coming from heaven, God coming from heaven, but he also was fully man, my mind can't understand that all the way, but there's a reality. He was fully God, he was fully man. But he grew up as a baby, and then a boy, then a teenager, then a man. And so there was progression in his physical body. I believe there was also progression in his understanding. The Bible talks about that. He was growing in wisdom and favor with people and knowledge. So he was growing in those things, though he was God, he was, he, was, he was the man, too. And so he was growing in his understanding of who he was. And I think one of the most pivotal days in all of history was the day that he heard when he was getting baptized. I talk about this many times in Mark chapter 1, verse 11. As he's getting baptized, he hears the Father's voice echo across the landscape. It says, this is my son, in whom my beloved son, actually. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He hears that from the father. Now, you can look at that and go, wait a minute, he, yes, but he's, he's Messiah. He's the lamb of God. He's the savior of the world. He's all those things. But that's not what the father declared that day, which is so fascinating to me. He declared, this is my beloved son. His identity was shared for everyone to hear, especially for him, that you are my son. First off, above everything else, above being Messiah, above being everything else that you do and are, is that you are my son. That revelation 
honestly began to change my life when I read that and that was like revealed to me and I really saw that for the first time, that he didn't highlight, the father didn't highlight all the things that he was to do, he highlighted who he was. You're my beloved son. So Jesus knew his identity. In fact, from that moment on, when he talks about himself, how does he speak of himself? He said, I'm, I'm a son of man. I'm a son of man, but I came from, I came from God. I'm, I'm God that came as the, as the son of man, but I am a son. He talked about himself that way. And then I, I, I was reading about the apostle Paul. Well, let me say first, though Jesus knew who he was, he then fulfilled the mission that God had for him here, which was several different things. One was to save the lost, to seek and to save that which is lost. One was to give life abundantly. One is to ransom all of humanity, to ransom, to set people free, to set the prisoner free, to destroy the works of the enemy, 1 John 3, 8. And he also came to reveal the Father. So he had a lot to do once he knew who he was fully all of the way. His identity was, was set. When I look at the Apostle Paul's life, who was Saul, when Saul was, when Paul was Saul, he didn't know who he was all the way. He writes in Philippians later, he said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews from the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, well-educated, a doer of the law. And then with that identity, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a doer of the law, a Pharisee, with that identity, he then began to kill, chase after, imprison Christians. So he felt, because of his identity, of who he is, his action then was to do, actually do harm against, and then Jesus showed up, said, why are you kicking against the goads? Why are you persecuting me? And his identity shifted. And Paul recognized the same thing that Jesus recognized, and he says it, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, Paul says this to the Corinthians, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's not about my wisdom. It's not about being a Hebrew of Hebrews. It's not about being a Pharisee. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Inside of every single person, you've heard this, I'm sure, many times, every person is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. There's nothing else that can fill that. And most people, we were some of those, were chasing, looking after, trying to find the right relationship to fill that hole, trying to find the, the right amount of money to make, to make me feel Better to fill that hole, enough sex, enough drugs, enough alcohol, enough something. I'm just looking around, searching, going after things, adventure. Maybe adventure can fill that hole. Maybe performance and attention. If I can just get more attention from others and be popular, maybe that will fill that hole. Nothing fills that hole except for God because God made it. We were made in the image of God, but we need the spirit of God to live in the image. Without the spirit of God living in the image of God, then we're empty. We're searching. We don't know what to do. We're, we're um, not happy either. An empty feeling is a lousy feeling. It's a horrible feeling. A purposeless feeling is a lousy feeling. 
Not knowing exactly who you are is a lousy feeling. But we were made to feel that way so that we would be welcoming to the one who revealed himself to us and allow him to fill that spot. And then Paul said this in Romans 8, verse 14. He said, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. There's a cry that hits people when they recognize that they've been adopted by God. He's filled them and I'm a son. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter. That cry comes out and it's a beautiful cry. It's not a cry of desperation. It's a cry of Oh my goodness, satisfaction. Abba, Father, I have you. I have a father, I'm a child of God. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit of God testifies with your spirit that you're a child of God. Has the Spirit of God testified to you that you are a child of God? That testifying is essential for you to know who you are. And if that hasn't happened yet, ask for it. Ask for that. Ask for the Holy Spirit to testify to you that you are a child of God. Because we need to know that. If we don't, we're going to be searching. We're going to be looking around for something. We're going to be doing things to try and get something to fill that spot. There's only one way to fill that spot. It's the Holy Spirit. It says, verse 17, And if children, which you are, Heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. We are heirs with God, fellow heirs with Christ. The same inheritance that Jesus gets, we receive. We are fellow heirs. An heir is a, those that inherit. You and I are children of God. That's your, the highest appellation. That's the highest title. It is who you and I are. Every one of us. Doesn't matter what we do otherwise. Primarily, we are a child of God. If we, get, if we stray from that, then we will be off. When I stray from that, I am off. And you can get way off. And one of the dangers related to this too in knowing our identity is reversing our identity, getting confused with our mission. We are a child of God. I have a mission to do. But if my mission becomes my identity, then I'm off. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot. We don't want to let that happen. It's a danger. We don't want to exchange those two. My identity child of God, that doesn't change. It's who I am. So I can be satisfied wherever I am at any time, at all times, in any condition, in all conditions. I can be satisfied with who I am in him and who I am to him. And then I have a mission to do. And it doesn't matter how people treat me. It doesn't matter how I'm looked upon. You've been in a room with other people and, you know, people of importance are there and they ignore you. You say, as if you're not even there. As a child of God, that's okay. It doesn't matter. 
If someone has, a, you're in another room and you've got, everyone has an opinion and they have knowledge of all these kind of things and they shared and they shared and you don't, it's okay. Because you know who you are. And you sharing things to impress other people doesn't change a thing. Doesn't change a thing, you can be quiet. In fact, sometimes people who talk constantly are filling a void or trying to impress because they don't know who they are. We want our words to be the right words that give life. And they're not giving words to suck life, to try and find it in some ways. You are a unique, loved child of God, a daughter or a son. And you are in, adopted into this family. You're a child of God in the family of God or the body of Christ. That's been on the earth for a couple thousand years. That's who, it's who you are. And it's the family that you're in. And it's the greatest thing. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Whew, I'm in. I don't have to try and get in. I am in by faith. I'm in by receiving. I'm in by identifying myself with Jesus. Believing in him, trusting him. For me personally, I am, and the, I didn't want to, I, you don't know my whole story necessarily, but I never wanted to be a pastor, sorry. I actually ran from it. I didn't want anything to do with it. People would tell me when I was growing up, oh, you're so pastoral, I could see you doing that. I was like, Bleh. I didn't want to have anything to do with that. I want to do something else. I had my Mustang convertible in my mind, and I had making good money in my mind, and I was going that way. That was my, that was where I was headed. And the Lord got my attention, and he helped redirect me and helped me see his purpose for my life, not my idea of what I wanted to do. Now, that was an interesting Time and it's a wonderful time. It was a reorientation and it helped me so much. So now, yes, I am a pastor. I am from the state of Oregon. I'm a Peterson. I used to be a CIA undercover person, officer, but none of those things are who I am, including pastor. It's not who I am. It's what I have done and what I do. But who I am, if you ask me, you know, who are you? I'm not going to say I'm a pastor. I am a child of God. That's who I am, just like every single one of you. What I, I pastor is what I do. One of the things I do. Whatever your job is, it's something that you do, but it's not who you are. We have to have that so square on the inside. Otherwise, all these competing things will feel less than and all that. No, we're all the exact same. We all get to be kids of the Father. Then he sets his kids in different places with different roles, different authorities, all of that. But still identity, it's the same for all of us. That has to be so clear and so square. And one of those tests for me, actually, when I was in the agency, um, it was actually a fun there were, there were elements that were fun. There were elements that were really hard. One of the fun things was when your boss would come into my office and say, here's an assignment. You're going this place. And I have a, a diplomatic passport. And then I have a, a different name. And I've got a, uh, you know, all this cover stuff. And you're sitting on an airplane. And you're on a mission going somewhere. And you're sitting next to someone. And they have no clue. 
And they ask you what you do. Like I ask them what they do. And then I have to tell them the story that's not true. And it's not nearly as exciting as what I'm actually doing. (laughs) And I need to be okay with that. The way that I can be okay with that is I'm not living to impress anybody because what you think doesn't matter. What really matters is what God thinks and who I am. So I can live in any condition and be okay. I can live knowing that wherever I am, there he is. That's 1 John talks about that. As he is, so are we in the world. He is inside of us. He doesn't leave us. We carry him around. That doesn't mean we're God. That means he lives inside of me and he's changing me and I'm his son. I'm filled with his spirit. My identity is in him. In fact, your condition might be in a bad place. I was sharing something similar to this one day and I said this, your condition may be a prisoner. If that's your condition, it's not who you are. It's just the circumstances you find yourself in. But who are you? You're a child of God in prison. Now, there are many believers who are in prison right now around the world, not for anything they've done wrong, for everything they've done right. But then we have people who are imprisoned for things they've done wrong. And they're paying the consequences of that. Yet, they can still be a child of God right there. Even in that condition. And as I was sharing that, I didn't realize there was a young man who was going to prison that week. He'd been convicted and he was, this is his moment, then he had to, he had to go to prison for killing people accidentally. And he, he recognized, yes, I can go into this prison, I can fulfill this sentence and still be a child of God in this place. For so many of us, our conditions change throughout life. Everyone, your conditions change throughout life. Sometimes your condition might be unemployed. Well, that's not who you are. You just happen to find yourself there right now. But you're a child of God. Things are gonna change. Your condition may be, and I watched my wife go through this, eight months pregnant. Body's changed. You got this big, looks like you're hiding a watermelon (laughs) under your shirt. You don't feel pretty. Everything is different. I mean, it's, it's just difficult, but guess what? That's a condition. That's not who you are. You're a child of God who gets to carry a child and give birth to a child. Amazing. Condition might be you're a successful business person, but that's, again, something you do, not who you are. You're a child of God who happens to be successful in business. There you go. Maybe a widow or a widower. Again, that's a condition. It's not an identity. Regardless of where we find ourselves, in what we do, those things that we do, even our calling and gifting, which we want to know what they are, we need to do those things. But it's, again, not our identity. The greatest people in the world and in history, they know who they are. They don't get wrapped up in what other people think about them. It's really true. And if we confuse our purpose with our identity, then we'll often misuse the gifts that God has given to us and do damage, actually, and miss finding who we really are. Insecurity is often there. Oftentimes, 
Christians, young Christians, brand new believers, or people who've been walking with the Lord for a long time. This is going to happen to all of us. Along the way, we can make a bad exchange. And that bad exchange is my identity being in God and being as a child of God and exchange that for knowledge of the scriptures, knowledge of experience. And if we make that bad exchange, then we become very religious. And you can take a life-giving, a young believer, so full of life and full of Jesus, and over time they can exchange that for this knowledge that puffs up. And it turns us into a religious person. I've had, I can speak to that because I've been that. I remember finding, trying to find my way as a late teenager, early 20s, trying to find my way in the, where do I fit in this Christian tribe? And so I started listening to messages from other people, people, really good preachers. I started digging into the Bible, really good to do that too. But it wasn't just to dig in, to learn more, to grow in him. I was learning things to find things that I could know that other people don't know to find an identity that I didn't have. Does that make sense? And I I, I landed on two different doctrines that made me feel pretty special that I understood these and others don't. And so in any conversation, especially around other Christians, I would always try and navigate the conversation around towards something that I knew so that I would have input and then they would listen to me and I felt better about myself. I'm just being honest. Have you ever done that? It's what I did. And it was horrible. I found myself wanting to be an expert, wanting to grow in knowledge, not to benefit other people necessarily, though I probably would have said that. I don't even think I fully understood what was going on inside of me. But my knowledge caused me to be puffed up in certain areas, and my identity was misplaced. I didn't know. That's why it wasn't until my 30s when I read Mark chapter 1 and saw the identity that was shown to Jesus And I went, oh my goodness, this is completely different. This is different than having knowledge and experience and having authority. My identity has got to be squarely fixed on the person of Jesus and who I am in him. Otherwise, things get wonky. Really wonky. Never allow information to replace relationship. I'm going to say that again. Never allow information to replace relationship with God or displace identity. Make sure it does not take the place of your identity as a child of God. Information can, I mean, the the Pharisees that Jesus was against more than anything display and show us that that was what they did. It was knowledge. They had knowledge of the scriptures. They had the Torah memorized. They've they've got all the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed And they have all this information and they've got hereditary history. They've got all the lineage and everything lined up. And the son of God is standing right in front of them and they have no clue it's him. They see him as an enemy when it was God's son. And that's what information does. If information replaces relationship, then our eyes can't see the son of God when he's standing right in front of us. That's what happened to them. Never let it happen to us. And to the degree that we've allowed information or becoming an expert in anything 
to have a place of identity inside of us, I need to jettison that. I need to get rid of that and say, no, 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 no. Okay, that's something I know I do, I can help others with, but it's not who I am. Because there are a lot of great things to know, a lot of scripture. We want to know the scripture. We want to dive into the word. We want it to fill, we want to eat it and fill us. But it reinforces who I am in him, and then I can serve and give and love. And I'm not looking for something from someone. I don't want to be the shop vac. The mobile shop vac, this sucking, looking for some attention, life to feed something inside of me. No, we're called to be the light of the world, the givers. Rivers of living water coming out of us because we know who we are. We know where we're from. I'm from him. I was born again. That's where I'm from. Spirit of God caused me to become new. I think one of the litmus tests for me, for us, can be, am I okay? In fact, how, how, what happens on the inside of me when others share a revelation that they have of God? How am I when someone else gets promoted? How am I when someone else does well or they get lots of attention from other people? What's going on on the inside of me? Do I feel unsettled by that? Do I feel jealous? Am I envious? Envy was the thing that the Pharisees had because they saw Jesus got it going on and he's got crowds of people following him and they didn't like that one bit. Out of envy, the Bible says, they killed him. They were envious of him. If envy is in us when we see other people do well, then there's something wrong inside of me and I don't know who I am. If you know who you are, then you know no one can take your place. If you know who you are, nothing can take you out of the hand of God. Romans 8 talks about that. Nothing can separate you from his love. And the purpose that God has for you as you discover it along the way, no one else can do it the way that you can do it because God made you uniquely to fulfill that purpose, to walk in that love, to serve in those ways. And if I can celebrate others' successes and I can celebrate their revelation, then it also speaks well that I know who I am. So I can celebrate. You know, the Bible talks about, it's uh, Romans 12 and the, the body, how the body is supposed to relate to one another. We're celebrating the other. When someone else is crying and they're in sorrow, I'm sorrowful too. When they're celebrating, they've done well, I'm celebrating with them. That, those are people who know who they are. So I want to, let me just end with, if there's anyone in here and you recognize that big hole on the inside that only God can fill and you've been looking for something else, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. An opportunity to receive him into your heart, into your life, and so that you can know that you are a child of God. If you haven't done that, then you're not his child yet. You might be made in the image of God, but you're not owned by him, given your life over to him. And it's, I'm telling you what, David was talking about it. We did it through the, uh, you heard these testimonies of people getting baptized, giving their lives to Jesus. If you have not given your life to Jesus, that hole is getting filled with all kind of other stuff and none of it satisfies. If you'd like to give your life to him, I wanna encourage you to come up. We're gonna have prayer teams up here. They would love to pray with you. And if, if you are like me, maybe, 
grew up in a Christian home, have had um, the scriptures all your life, following God the best of your ability, yet you find yourself not knowing who you are all the way. I want to encourage you to, whether it's receiving prayer or whether it's just doing some business with God and saying, I recognize God. I have allowed the things that I do or a title or a job description or a skill or a gifting to, to sit in the seat of identity of who I am. And I kick them out of that seat. I remove that from the seat of identity and I say, I'm a child of God. That's my identity. And then Lord, you can empower the things that I do. I'm not gonna drive identity from that which I do. I'm driving it from you. So let me just pray for you, if that's the case for us today. Lord, we just, all those things I just said, Lord, you know. And you know the condition and the place of every person and their journey in life. And Lord, for all of us who, if there's any actually in here who, who may have a misplaced identity, maybe they're searching, searching, or maybe there's something that's sitting in the wrong seat on the inside. Lord, I ask that you to rearrange it right now by your spirit. And as, this, as we just read, that Paul said that the Holy Spirit testifies to us that we are a child of God. Holy Spirit, would you testify right now in the hearts of every single person that this, would be, this issue would be settled today and forever. No more wondering, no more vacuuming, no more searching for something to fill a spot, but you having fully filled the spot uh, that I'm a child of God. I'm owned by you. I am your possession. You take pleasure in me. I am in the family. I don't have to search for a family. I'm in the family. I have a place and a part and a role. Lord, I pray that that would get settled for every single one of us. Adjust anything in us, Holy Spirit, that needs adjusting. And again, for those, if there's anyone in here who doesn't know Jesus, this is your day. It says in the Bible, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You can get saved today, everything changes. Doesn't mean it's perfect. That means it starts to change. You jettison the sin that you were a slave to, get filled with the Spirit of God who made you. And then he works with you to help you and comfort and lead. And then he helps you through life, helps you through hard times. And you have a purpose to fulfill here. If that's you, please come up and see one of these folks up here. They would love to lead you to him. They're gonna lay hands on you, pray for you. you, know, you this is a, a life change forever. Everything changes. This progress begins. And this process is a beautiful one. All right, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done, what you've said. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and powerful. Thank you for the examples that we have of Paul and Jesus. Thank you that you've given us everything pertaining to godliness, everything pertaining to life, everything pertaining to wholeness, everything pertaining to freedom. You are the one who came to set us free. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done today. Thank you for what you've done in the lives of those who've been baptized. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. We give you our week ahead as well. Lord, I ask that you would Remind us through the week of who we are so we can be who we are and we can live not looking for something from others, but we can look to give. We can look to let your living waters pour out of us. 
I bless you, Lord, and say thank you for everyone here and everyone who's watching. And as this message goes to other places, Lord, I pray that you would connect with hearts and lives, that you would draw all people to yourself, that your name would be made great throughout all of the earth. Make it great through our lives. Make us fruitful to bring glory to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.